You are now listening to The Forefront Radio, where we discuss history, the Bible, the history of the Israelites, science, and other matters. Bring it out. The history of the blacks, Hispanics, and Native Americans as it relates to the Bible. Who were you prior to slavery? Who were you prior to colonization? These answers and more can be seen and heard as you listen to The Forefront Radio. In the sight of the heathen And the Lord gave two tablets Right laws to govern the people But they were so damn evil Rebellious, stiff-necked people Captivity, aka ship slavery We were not hawking, no, we were not here We were not listening, no, we were not fear We was the righteous and we was the kings We was the priests, listen to play All the wicked lying, all the fornication All the selling, hating, all the baby making All the idolatries, all the scenes and bullshits All the Baals and Molochs and sacrifices to devils Wake up, let's go home Righteous in my zone Twelve tribes for the kingdom It's coming, won't be long And the Lord said to Moses, speak to the sons of Israel, repent of all your sins, cause the kingdom is here within. And the Lord said to Moses, speak to the sons of Israel, repent of all your sins, cause the kingdom is here within. Put off them shoes from your feet okay. This holy grind's where you stepping No need your corner no suggestion Raise up my people in Egypt Break about that evil from Egypt Tell them remember my Sabbath You know they stiff neck inside it That's why the commandments in Exodus And again in Deuteronomy That's why we border the fringes Cause we forgetful of people Get slain for picking up sticks Nowadays we picking up shit Forget thou should not commit adultery It was written in bricks It's like a hit in the miss. I mean you get what you give Keep these commandments and live Nowadays we minister hate Like we forgot the wages of sin We prophesied of the wind Pray that it bring them back in I know they iron sharpen the iron But I don't know nothing about ten. And the Lord said to Moses Speak to the sons of Still, they 
Can't have my people be roguish. They have to pay for their sin. Have them agree that they notice. If they turn from my laws, their every effort is hopeless. There is only one God, and that's a clear diagnosis. And God said to Moses, accept no witches' hypnosis. To go into the world would be considered atrocious. Have my women dress modest and keep them soft as a lotus. With the knowledge of wise men and the beauty of roses. listening to the forefront radio i'm your host afia levi at this time we're going to go over uh the next section chapter three in the book of first maccabees and we're going to talk about judas whose name was called maccabeus then his son judas called maccabeus rose up in his stead and all his brethren helped him and so did all they that held with his father, and they fought with cheerfulness the battle of Israel. So he got his people great honor, and put on a breastplate as a giant, and girt his warlike harness about him, and he made battles, protecting the host with his sword. In his axe he was like a lion, and like a lion's whelp roaring for his prey. For he pursued the wicked and sought them out and burnt up those that vexed his people. Wherefore the wicked shrunk for fear of him and all the workers of iniquity were troubled because salvation prospered in his hand. So we see a key point here. In uh, previous episodes, we talked about how the only way that salvation can be attained is through the destruction of the oppressor. And we see that Maccabeus, Judas Maccabeus, was found to be a savior for our people. Salvation prospered in his hands because he did not stand for unrighteousness. He did not stand for evil. He stood up against the wicked oppression of the Greeks. Verse 7, he grieved also many kings and made Jacob glad with his acts. And his memorial is blessed forever. Moreover, he went through the cities of Judah, destroying the ungodly out of them and turning away wrath from Israel. So notice here, right? It's showing that when he came into power, he turned away God's wrath from us. Because remember, whenever we're in the midst of sin, remember the blood covenant. We made a covenant with our ancestors, with the creator. Whenever we were in sin, God punished us and was angry with us by putting us into captivity. But when we repented and took out the evil from amongst our people, God's wrath was taken away from us. Okay. Verse nine, so that he was renowned unto the utmost part of the earth and he received unto him such as were ready to perish. So these were your first men that were so ready to die for the truth that they were like, you know how you have the Japanese kamikaze, right? 
this is a similar instance where people were so fervent for fighting for their, their salvation that they were ready to die. Verse 10, then Apollonius gathered the Gentiles together. So this is the Greeks, the Romans, and, and all those that were round about, right? And a great host out of Samaria to fight against Israel, which thing when Judas perceived, he went forth to meet him. And so he smote him and slew him. Many also fell down slain, but the rest fled. So Judas came and a bunch of people came to fight against him and he didn't back down at all. He was like, there's no backing down. There's no giving up. There's no giving in. We're going to fight to the death with this. We're going to knuckle up with the, with the Gentiles. That's what he did. Now watch this. Wherefore, Judas took their spoils and Apollonius sword also. And therewith, he fought all his life long. So not only was he able to conquer against Apollonius, he beat his butt so bad and took his sword and all of that, that all his life he fought with Apollonius' sword. Now, when Saron, a prince of the army of Syria, heard say that Judas had gathered unto him a multitude and company of the faithful to go out with him to war, he said, I will get me a name and honor in the kingdom, for I will go fight with Judas and them that are with him who despise the king's commandment. So you got this guy named Saron. That's coming in the scene, right? And he's like, oh, okay, these he these black Hebrews think they something. Okay, well, I'm going to come and try to fight against them. Verse 15. So he made him ready to go up, and there went with him a mighty host of the ungodly to help him and to be avenged of the children of Israel. And when he came near to the going up of Beth Haram, Judas went forth to meet him with a small company. So this is like that movie 300, right? Where you got a small little bitty group against a big multitude. This is where you get that story from, okay? That story of 300 is literally about our ancestors fighting against the Greco-Roman Empire, aligning themselves with the Persians to fight against us, right? Verse 17, who, when they saw the host coming to meet them and said unto Judas, how shall we be able, being so few, to fight against so great a multitude and so strong, seeing we are ready to faint with fasting all this day? Verse 18. Unto whom Judas answered, It is no hard matter for many to be shut up in the hands of few. And with the God of heaven, it is all one to deliver with a great multitude or a small company. For the victory of battle standeth not in the multitude of a host, but strength coming from heaven. They came against us in much pride and iniquity to destroy us and our wives and children and to spoil us. But we fight for our lives, our laws, Wherefore, the Lord himself would overthrow them before our face. And as for you, be not afraid of them. Now, as soon as he had left of speaking, he leapt suddenly upon them. And so Saran and his host was overthrown before him. All praises to the Most High. And they pursued 
them from the going down of Beth Haran unto the plain, where with uh, was slain about eight hundred men of them, and the residue fled into the land of the Philistines. Then began the fear of Judas and his brethren, and an exceeding great dread to fall upon the nations round about them. So he was waxing them so bad that all the people around was getting scared. All the nations of the Greeks was getting scared. They were shaking in their boots, okay? That he was putting great fear and dread upon them, okay? Because he was fighting for our people and all the nations were talking about his battles, Every single one. Everybody was like, yo, these black Jews, they coming over here fighting against the Greeks and they waxing them. It was going in. <laughs> Verse 27. Now, when King Antiochus heard these things, he was full of indignation. Wherefore, he sent and gathered together all the forces of his realm, even a very strong army. So Antiochus is pissed off now. He's like, yo, these these doggone black Jews is getting, getting me angry, okay? We're going to have to come against them. We're going to have to pull our whole resources and get a strong army to come against them. Verse 28, he opened also his treasure and gave his soldiers pay for a year, commanding them to be ready whensoever he should need them. Nevertheless, when he saw that the money of, the, of his treasures failed, and that the tributes in the country were small because of the dissension and plague which he had brought upon the land in taking away the laws which had been of old time. So you see, whenever you remove the laws of God from the land of Israel, the place ends up becoming desolate. Our homeland, our homeland was established through the Creator. And with that land comes responsibility to keeping the laws. So because Antiochus had no understanding being that he was an Edomite Greek, he did not realize that he wasn't able to win against us because the land brought forth plagues. Okay. Verse 30. He feared that he should not be able to bear the charges any longer, nor to have uh, nor to have such gifts to give so liberally as he did before, for he had abounded above the kings that were before him. Wherefore, being greatly perplexed in his mind, he determined to go into Persia, there to take the tributes of the country and to gather much money. So he left Lysias, a nobleman, and one of the blood royal, to oversee the affairs of the king from the river Euphrates unto the borders of Egypt, and to the and to bring up his son Antiochus unto until he came again. Moreover, he delivered unto him the half of his forces and the elephants, and gave him charge of all things that he would have done, as also concerning them that dwell in Judah and Jerusalem, to wit, that he should send an army against them to destroy and root out of Jerusalem the strength of Israel and the remnant of Jerusalem and to take away their memorial from that place. And that he should place strangers in all their quarters and divide their land by lot. So the king took half 
the forces that remained and departed from Antioch. His royal city and a hundred forty and seventh year, and having passed the river Euphrates, he went through the high countries. Then Lysias chose Ptolemy, the son of Dormenes, and Nicanor, and Gorgias, mighty men of the king's friends. And with them he sent forty thousand footmen and seven thousand horsemen to go into the land of Judah and to destroy it, as the king commanded. So they went forth with all their power, and came and pitched by Emmaus in the plain country. And the merchants of the country, hearing the fame of them, took silver and gold very much, with servants, and came into the camp to buy the children of Israel for slaves, for slaves, for slaves, a power also of Syria and of the land of the Philistines joined themselves unto them. So now this is a key point because this is a prophecy written of in the book of Joel, how the Philistines, the Palestinians, the, the uh, Tyre and Zidon had decided to fight with the Greeks. So the Arabs, the Greeks, and the uh, uh, other nations, the merchants, came to buy the children of Israel for slaves. This is found in Joel chapter 3. Okay, so now we're going to read real quickly Joel chapter 3 that prophesied about this situation happening to us. Joel chapter 3, verse 6. The children also of Judah and the children of Jerusalem have ye sold, have ye sold unto the Grecians, that ye might remove them far from their border. That's Joel chapter 3, verse 6. That's a prophecy that happened to us. Watch. Verse 4 um, of this says, Yea, and what have ye to do with me, O Tyre and Zidon, and all the coasts of Palestine? So the Palestinians, the Tyrians, and the Zidonians, which are African nations, joined together with the, the Edomite Greeks to sell us. They went into our temples, like we read in previous chapters in Maccabees. They took our silver and our gold and all our pleasant things. Verse 6 says, The children also of Judah and the children of Jerusalem, meaning the Israelites, have ye sold unto the Grecians, that ye might remove them far from their border. So now that goes with what we just read in 1 Maccabees. The prophecy is being fulfilled now. It says this, 1 Maccabees chapter 3, verse 41. And the merchants of the country, hearing the fame of them, took silver and gold very much with servants and came into the camp to buy the children of Israel for slaves. So now we're seeing here that there's a, a repeated action of trying to destroy us and put us into slavery. Okay. All these nations get together with the Edomite races and try to force us into slavery. Okay. So now this is the part of history that they want to take out because they don't want you to know that the, the, the uh, Hellenized Jews were actually black Hebrews. They don't want you to know that. They want you to keep this information out of your mind because then whenever you see Greeks, 
and think about Greeks, you're thinking, oh, these white Greeks are good. They're good people. They brought us civilization and all of that. When in reality, the Bible says evils were multiplied when they came into power. Okay. Reading on in verse uh, 42 of first Maccabees chapter three, it says, now when Judas and his brethren saw that miseries were multiplied and that the forces and that the forces did encamp themselves in their borders, for they knew how the king had given commandment to destroy the people and utterly abolish them. They said one to another, let us restore the decayed estate of our people and let us fight for our people and our sanctuary. Then was the congregation gathered together that they might be mighty for battle and that they might pray and ask mercy and compassion. Now Jerusalem lay void as a wilderness. There was none of her children that went in or out. The sanctuary also was trodden down and aliens kept the stronghold, the, the heathen and their ha habitation in that place. And joy was taken from Jacob and the pipe with the harp ceased. Wherefore, the Israelites assembled themselves together and came to Mashpah over against Jerusalem. For in Mashpah was the place where they prayed aforetime in Israel. Then they fasted that day and put on sackcloth and ashes upon their heads and rent their clothes and laid open the book of the law, wherein the heathen had sought to paint the likeness of their images. So we see in this section, right, what we call today iconoclasm. Iconoclasm is when the Greeks or the Europeans, the Edomites, took our Bible and inserted themselves in it. How? By putting whitewashed images. They took our historical records, translated our Bible from English to from sorry, from uh, Hebrew to Greek, from Aramaic to Greek, from uh, the languages that we had. They translated it into Greek and formed what we know as the Septuagint. While they did that, they were imprinting their uh, uh, iconography, their images into our books. That's why many of us think that the Bible is a white man's book is because the Greeks partook in iconoclasm, whitewashing of our scriptures. So now our ancestors took our records back, laid open the book of the law, wherein the heathen had sought to paint the likeness of their images, and they took it back for themselves. They brought also the priest garments and the first fruits and the tithes and the Nazarites they stirred up who had accomplished their days. Then cried they with a loud voice toward heaven, saying, What shall we do with these, and whither shall we carry them away? For thy sanctuary is trodden down and profaned, and thy priests are in heaviness and brought low. And lo, the heathen are assembled together against us to destroy us. What things they imagine against us thou knowest. How shall we be able to stand against them, except thou, O God, be our help? So this goes to show you that whenever our people went into war, just like we promised under King Solomon, that we would come to the Lord, lay our uh, uh, selves over to him, 
pray, fast, and ask for forgiveness of our sins and ask for the Most High to have mercy on us. Such is the same in these last days. We have to pray for the Most High to have mercy on us. We have to pray for the Most High to deliver us from the hand of oppression because we are the ones getting shot down in the streets. We are the ones getting gunned down. We are the ones getting persecuted. We are the ones trying to come over here as immigrants and being deported and being mistreated and abused. We are the ones that are assaulted on a continual basis, oppressed, and none has saved us. None has given us restoration of what we went through. So it says in verse 52, uh, verse 53, how shall we be able to stand against them except thou, O God, be our help? Then sounded they with trumpets and cried with a loud voice. And after this, Judas ordained captains over the people, even captives, captains over thousands and over hundreds and over fifties and over tens. But as for such as were building houses and had betrothed wives or were planting vineyards or were fearful, those he commanded that they should return every man to his own house, according to the law. So we had a law in the uh, in the Torah, the first five books, where if a man was building a home or hasn't laid with his wife or is still planting and setting up a vineyard, or if he was fearful that he would not fight in the military. So that way we could operate with one mind and one body and one spirit against our enemies. OK, verse 57. So the camp removed and pitched upon the south side of Emmaus and Judah said, Arm yourselves and be valiant men and see that ye be in readiness against the morning that ye might fight with the, these nations that are assembled together against us to destroy us in our sanctuary. For it is better for us to die in battle than to behold the calamities of our people and our sanctuary. Nevertheless, as the will of God is in heaven, so let him do. And this concludes chapter three of first Maccabees. And I appreciate you guys listening in. You know, this is a great series where we're talking about the black Greeks and Jews, the black Jews and Greeks, rather how we were forced to assimilate into becoming Grecians and how many of us resisted the oppression of the Greeks and fought for our freedom. So um, thank you for listening to the forefront radio. Shalom and most high in Christ bless. Thank you for listening to the Forefront Radio. We now have a cash app. The link is in the description of the page here on anchor.fm, also on Spotify. We appreciate you listening in. We do have a few features that we are including now. We are selling a few products such as watches, perfumes, colognes, and other uh, products will be available for our Israelite community, as well as the general community of the population. We have a Facebook page. Just type in the Forefront Media and you'll be able to get updates of uh, various shows that we drop when they do drop. Um, Please do share this show if you like the show and we do hope that you do love this show. And uh, tune in for more uh, episodes once we have them available. Thank you for listening to The Forefront. I'm your host, Afiel Levi Israel.